Tonight, before we begin our Torah study together, let's pray. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. Well, tonight's message is called Apprehending Your Future. And I want to talk to you tonight about your future and how you can apprehend your future. And I want to share with you two keys to apprehending your future that are not available to everyone, but they can be available to you. Everyone who wants to apprehend their future can use certain approaches. They can use good planning. They can get wise counsel from other people. They can obtain training that they need for whatever it is that they're setting out to do. And of course they can practice, practice, practice and develop competency and discipline as well. It's also great to secure enough resources. All of these things contribute to success and they work for everyone, but tonight, I want to share with you two keys to apprehending your future that are not available to everyone, but these two keys can be available to you. Those who trust in the Lord and live the life of faith have extra keys, additional keys to help them establish their future. And these are only available to those who live the life of faith and faithfulness. Now, before I share those two keys with you, I, I wanna start our study tonight by reminding you of something foundational. Everything starts with the fear of the Lord, having respect for God and holding him in awe, honoring him, trusting him, being loyal to him. Psalm 25 speaks about the great benefits and the blessings that come to those who fear the Lord. So why don't you turn with me to Psalm 25, verses 12 through 15. And I'd like to ask several of you to put this reference in the comment section so that others can follow along with us now and later as they watch this when it's available by video and uh, can look in the comment section and see that you've posted that. So Psalm 25, verse 12 through 15. This is what I want to read for you tonight. Who is the one who fears the Lord? He, the Lord, will instruct him in the way he should choose. His soul will abide in prosperity, and his seed or his descendants will inherit the land. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he will make them know his covenant. My eyes are continually toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. I love this passage. It's one of the scriptures that I memorized when I was a very uh, brand new believer, really. It, it taught me something that, that's so important about the connection between the fear of the Lord and the life that's opened up to us. The one who fears the Lord will receive instruction, though the way he should choose the way he should go in. You see, you and I need wisdom and we need guidance in order to choose well. And all, everything really, everything starts with the fear of the Lord. Verse 15 speaks of the safety 
and the protection that we can experience when our eyes are continually toward the Lord and tells us he will pluck our feet out of the net. And what that means is he'll rescue us from snares. He'll rescue us from traps as well, from things that are laid out to destroy our hope and our future. And this leads to another scripture that I want us to review together. I think it may be familiar to many of you, but it's worth remembering during times like these when there's so much uncertainty and people can actually despair about their future. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, 11. I know this is a scripture that many of you have memorized or you've hidden in your heart. It, it's a life scripture for many people. And this is what it says. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. What a great word from the Lord. And I know that this has helped people many times when they are going through challenges and through difficulties, and they're wondering what's ahead for me. And they read the scripture and it really touches the heart. I hope it touches your heart tonight. I hope it touches your heart tomorrow. I hope this thought stays with you because it's a really great word from the Lord. But the greater context is actually really interesting. The prophetic statement here was given at a time when Israel was going into exile, a period of life in exile in Babylon. And there was so much that was unsettled about Israel's future because there was exile ahead. The exile was going to happen. However, and this is very important, it did not negate the plan for Israel's future. Just because there's trouble ahead, it does not mean that God doesn't have a plan. There are so many ways that we could rephrase that. Even when there's trouble, God still has a plan. When there's trouble ahead, God still has a plan for us. You might want to write something down in the comment section to share with others that captures your thought around this. Just because there's trouble ahead, it doesn't mean that God does not have a plan. Let's read a few more verses, starting in Jeremiah 29, verse 10. So we'll back up just a little bit. For this is what the Lord says, when Babylon's 70 years are complete, I will attend to you and confirm my promise to restore you to this place. Verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Some of you might want to write that in the comment section, a future and a hope. Verse 12, then you will call upon me and you'll come and you'll pray to me and I will listen to you. So after a time in exile, when that time is complete, then it will be the time for restoration, the Lord says. You see, God has plans. And he says here, I know the plans I have for you. Now, here's what I think is so important. These are not our plans. These are his plans. And that's worth emphasizing in the comments. You might want to write something like, not my plan, his plan. Not our plans, his plans. Yeshua taught us to pray this way, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He taught his disciples that we need to, to see what God is wanting to do and then join our hearts, our minds, our will 
to that. Not our will be done on earth, but God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, it's not about what you and I are trying to accomplish. It's all about what God will accomplish. He has plans to prosper and not harm you, to give you a future and a hope. So this is not about your dreams. It's not about my dreams. It's not about what we hope for ourselves, rather about what God hopes for us. It's not your vision board. It's not your 10-year plan. It's not your 30-year plan. It's not your plan. It's about his plans. So it's good to remember that God is causing all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called to his highest purposes. You see, God has plans that are beyond our plans. These are secrets from the Lord, his plans that are good for you and good for me. So with that in mind, let's turn to what I mentioned at the beginning, two keys that help you apprehend your future. Now, the first key we'll find in this week's Torah portion. The second key we will find in this week's Haftor portion. The first key is this, the fellowship that we have with the Lord puts us in a position to apprehend our future. Let me say it another way and add to it. The fellowship that we have with the Lord and the service that we give him put us in a position to apprehend our future, specifically the future that God has planned for us. Your fellowship with the Lord, it's a key to even recognizing your future and then moving into it. And even when you do recognize it, there may be obstacles, as Abraham discovered. So we're going to take a look at Genesis chapter 18, starting in verse 1 and going to verse 11. This is part of the Torah portion for this week. And it begins with a very important statement. It said, then the Lord appeared to Abraham. And I want to give an expanded or amplified translation then Adonai appeared visibly and physically to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as Abraham sat at the entrance to the tent during the heat of the day. Verse 2, Abraham raised his eyes, he looked, and there in front of him stood three men. On seeing them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, prostrated himself on the ground and said, my Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, please don't leave your servant. Please let me send for some water so that you can wash your feet and then rest under the tree and I'll bring a piece of bread. And now that you've come to your servant, refresh yourselves before going on. Very well, they replied, do what you have said. Verse six, so Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, three measures of our best flour, knead it and make cakes. Abraham then ran to the herd. He took a good, a tender calf. He gave it to his servant who hurried to prepare it. And then he took curds, milk, and the calf, which he had prepared, and set it all before the men. And he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Very interesting uh, meal with interesting guests. Verse 9, they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, there in the tent. Verse 10, he said, he said, now who's the he? It's the Lord. The Lord said, I will certainly return to you around this time next year. 
and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Sarah heard him from the entrance of the tent behind him, and Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. There's much more to read in this passage that I think is fascinating as, as well as curious. But I want to focus on what we've read so far. You see, God came to Abraham with a purpose in mind. He wanted to open up a new an unexpected chapter in the life of Abraham and Sarah, one that would be for their good, one that would be a blessing for them, but also a future that would ultimately benefit all of humanity. And God appeared physically and visibly to Abraham. It wasn't a vision and it wasn't a dream. It was the manifest presence of God. And God was able, like when he appeared, for instance, to, to Adam, he was able to speak and be heard. He was able to walk and make noise. He was able to be physically present at a time and place in the real physical world. Now, do you ever wonder where Torah reveals Yeshua, the physical and visible presence of God? Here's a great place right here in Genesis. And Abraham has fellowship with the Lord. I really want to underline that. I want you to focus on that because it's during the time of fellowship with hospitality that the Lord reveals the future for Abraham and Sarah. The Lord will come back about the same time in a year and Sarah will have a baby boy at that time. And you might think as Sarah thought, well, that's impossible. Yes, it is, but that's the way it happened. You see, with God, all things are possible, but I want you to pay close attention to something. Abraham took time to fellowship with the Lord. Some people never apprehend their future because they're too busy. They don't have time to fellowship with God. They don't have time for the Lord. Why? Because they're so busy trying to make a future for themselves. Well, that's not the way, folks. Take time to fellowship with the Lord and to serve him. That's what Abraham did. And that's the moment, the very moment when God opened up the future for Abraham and Sarah. It was very personal for them. It wasn't general, it was their future. You see, fellowship with the Lord and service to the Lord, that's the first key to apprehending your future. You've got your plans, you do all the rational things and all the normal things that anyone can do. But I tell you this, only those who put their hope and their trust in the Lord, who take time to fellowship with him and serve him and minister to him, only they can receive the secrets of the Lord. When God comes to us, when we're fellowshipping with him and he opens up our future, the future he's been planning, not the future we've been planning necessarily, but the future he's been planning, it is amazing. You can't get it really any other way. It's only available for those who take time to fellowship with the Lord. Now, there's a second key that's found in the Haftorah portion this week. It's this, I'll, I'll summarize. Fellowshipping with God's people and uniting your service to the Lord by serving his people. This is the second key that I want to focus on. And I want to look together with you about the story of the Shunammite woman and the prophet Elisha, or Elisha in Hebrew. And as we read this passage in 2 Kings chapter 4, you might want to turn there, 
I want to encourage you to pay attention to the details that describe the fellowship that Elisha and the Shunammite woman had together and the descriptions of the woman's service to the Lord and to Elisha. So I'll read to you from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 17. One day, Elisha visited Shunam, and a well-to-do woman living there pressed him to stay and eat a meal. After this, whenever he came through, he stopped there for a meal. And she said to her husband, I can see that this is a holy man of God who keeps stopping at our place. Please, let's build him a little room on the roof. We'll put a bed and a table in it for him and a stool and a candlestick. And then whenever he comes to visit us, he can stay there. Verse 11. One day, Elisha came to visit there, and he went into the upper room to lie down. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite. So he called her, and when she arrived, he said to him, tell her this. So this is Elisha saying to his servant, Gehazi, tell her this, you have shown us so much hospitality. What can I do to show my appreciation? Do you want me to say anything to the king for you or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I'm happy living as I do among my own people. And he said, Elisha said, well, what then is to be done for her? Elisha was asking Gehazi this question. And Gehazi said, there's one thing, she does not have a son, and her husband is old. Verse 15, Elisha said, call her. After he called her, she stood in the doorway, and he said, next year, when the season comes around, you will be holding a son. No, my Lord, she answered, man of God, don't lie to your servant. Verse 17, but the woman did conceive. And she gave birth to a son the following year when the season came around, just as Elisha had said to her. Now let's look at this and think about it. God had a plan for this woman and for her husband to have a child together. But years, many, many years had passed. They had wealth. They were well-to-do. They were rich. They had material wealth, but they didn't have a family. Their future, as they understood it, would end with themselves. But they were generous. They showed hospitality and they served the Lord by serving Elisha and Gehazi. The Lord decided, and he used Elisha and Gehazi, the ones who had received the hospitality, the Lord decided to bless that couple with a son. You see, the Lord had a plan for this couple. And because they were fellowshipping with the prophet and his servant, because they were being hospitable to them, because they were spending their resources on them, because they were serving the Lord in this way, the Lord decided to bless that couple with a son. And that part of the couple's future was realized only through fellowship and service to the Lord's people. And I think this is really important. There are times when you may be wondering, what is your future? And you may be even wondering, do I have a future? They may, there may be times where you feel like you've waited a long, long time. And what perhaps you had hoped for 
has not happened. And it seems even impossible according to every understanding that people have about the ways of things naturally, the, the normal ways of humanity according to our age, according to our bodies and so forth. You may think you don't have anything further ahead, but this is where God's plans come in that are greater than our plans. You see, we do our best if we're trying to have a family, we do our best to try to make a family and to conceive. But when that doesn't work, God may still have another plan. That's why at times like this, when we're talking about such subjects, I'm, I'm also reminded of how many people in our congregation at Beth Israel have miracle children or are miracle children. They have children that shouldn't have been born according to all things natural, but they were born. Where they themselves are a miracle. It's a miracle that they're alive. Not only that, but we have many people in the congregation who have adopted children, who have adopted those who had no family. And we have many adults in the congregation who were adopted into families. And so in a real sense, they also are miracle children because they could have been left on their own, but they weren't. They were fitted into a family and they fitted others into a family. How is it that the future opens up for us? It's, it's not something that we can fully control, but we can make ourselves available to God by fellowshipping with him and by serving him. We can make ourselves available to fellowship with God's people and to serve them. We can do that. And when we're doing that, there are times when God takes notice of our faith, of our faithfulness, and he says, now's the time. And he comes to us in some way. It may by, be by the spirit. It may be through another person, like it was for the Shunammite woman. It was Elisha and Gehazi who brought this word. But it may be that the Lord, by his own spirit, comes to us and speaks a word of promise to us. But not just general promise, not just promise about, well, something will happen, but something very concrete. There are times when the Lord will speak to us concretely. It, it happens when we're spending time with the Lord. If you're too busy to fellowship with the Lord, you may miss out on apprehending your future. And at times like we're living in where there's so much uncertainty, there's so much instability, there are so many uh, crooked paths that life could go down. If you want to have a straight path in life, if you want to experience really the greatest blessings that God has for you, I want to encourage you, fellowship with the Lord. Minister to him. Take time to do that. If you're already doing it, mazel tov, congratulations. Continue to make it a priority. Don't grow tired. Don't grow weary. Don't grow in despair. Don't become so absorbed in the news around you that you forget the Lord of all creation. And don't think that politics has the last word. Our God has the last word. When Israel went into exile, when Israel was about to go into exile, God still had the last word. Babylon did not have the last word. God had the last word. And the same is true for you. If you want to apprehend your future, 
pay attention to these two keys, fellowshipping with the Lord and serving him and fellowshipping with God's people and serving them. What does apprehend mean? I, I, I think it means to discover, to seize, to lay hold of, to open up and to experience. It's very practical when you think about it. And I wanna close this time of study by asking you to pray with me. If you want to stop fretting, because you know it does harm, if you want to really keep your eyes focused on the Lord during these times of uncertainty, if you're challenged by the, the condition of American society, and if you're wondering what is the future, fix your eyes on the Lord. Pray with me right now. Let's turn to him and find our stability, our peace, our hope, and our future in him. Lord, we thank you that you are the master of the universe and you are the master of our lives. We thank you that our lives are hidden with you and Messiah. We are not alone. We're with you. Lord, you have not left us abandoned as orphans. You have caused us to become part of your family. We thank you, Lord, that you've sent your Holy Spirit to live in us, the very spirit who calls out Abba, Father, from deep within us to you, so that we would know that we would resonate with this, this cry of the Spirit of God to our Father in heaven. Lord, let our hearts be at peace. Let our hearts be filled with confidence from you. We are not confident, Lord, in the circumstances that we're in. We're confident in you. We are so thankful, Lord, that you are good to us. We are so thankful that your mercy is forever. And we know this, Lord, that those who trust in you and those who wait upon you will not be ashamed. They won't find themselves living a life filled with shame, despair, and disappointment. We are trusting in you, Lord, and no matter what happens, our eyes are going to stay focused on you. Lord, you are our hope and our future. We're going to hold on to the purposes that you have for us. We're going to give ourselves to your purposes. And no matter which way things go in the future, Lord, we're going to go down that straight and narrow path with you. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your redemption. Thank you. You haven't left us alone. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the Mishpocha. Thank you for our Redeemer, Yeshua, who became one of us, like us, to become a kinsman redeemer so that you, Lord, could know all about what we go through. We love you, Lord. We're dedicated to you. We're trusting in you. And we want to be part of AFS United, the Anti-Fretting Society United. We know this, Lord, that you are our hope and you are our future. We pray this with confidence in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, we're going to close tonight with Aaron's blessing, and then we'll have a final worship song from the Corsians. But first, would you consider a generous contribution? You can go to our webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving for all of the details. And now let's join together for Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha, Ya'er Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha, Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasemlecha, shalom. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you, guide and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. So from Sandy and me, we say thanks for joining us tonight and Shabbat Shalom.